All right, delighted to welcome on the Fish Across the Ponds, Marlins stud reliever, Anthony Bender is in the house. Anthony, thanks for taking the time. Firstly, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. Episode 100. It's exciting. Absolutely. Listen, appreciate you taking the time. Um, as you know, this is a UK podcast. First question, have you ever been to the UK before? No, I've actually never been out of the US before, but uh, if I ever get the chance, I definitely will be coming. 100%. Get that man a passport ASAP. Um, <laughs> good man. Listen, I mean, Anthony, you know, from Milkmen to the Marlins, you know, it's been a, you know, well, how wild has this been for you in 2021? Um, pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. Looking back and seeing where I was at a year ago, you know, playing in a, a independent league and then, you know, fast forward into now it's, yeah. I wouldn't say it was completely out of the mindset, but, um, you know, it was pretty far-fetched and, you know, I, I came here with a goal and I had accomplishments and I exceeded them, you know, a little faster than I expected, but yeah, it's all been part of the plan. So yeah, absolutely. How much you enjoying the time with the Marlins? It's been amazing. Yeah. Everything has been cool. I mean, I've gotten um, one off day here in Miami so far, so I got to go out and check out uh, the beaches a little bit, which was amazing. I'm from the West Coast, so the water's a little bit more chilly than here. So everything in Miami, is there's just so much to do here on the off days. And then the stadium we got here is beautiful as well. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Listen, I saw a tweet last night, I think it was, from, from Marlins Comms, um, putting out there, you know, 20 and a third innings into your major league career without giving up a, an earned run. It's the sixth longest streak all time, all time sixth streak. Um, you know, big leagues, it's easy, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like a walk in the park, you know? <laughs> no, it's crazy. Um, it's like, every I try and take it like every, every outing, every day, it's a new outing, you know, you go out there and you go do your job and keep the, the team in a position to win the game, you know, so you try not to think about all that stuff. And when you're out there, you don't, you don't think about it. You just go out there and you're competing. You're competing against some of the better, like the best baseball players in the world, are you? And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a rush every time you're out there for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Listen, one thing we haven't seen from you yet is, is a big league at bat. Um, I know in the younger days, you were a two-way guy, right? So, um, you know, with some of these injuries, the Marlins dealing with a short bench, you know, uh, have you been hoping to step into the box maybe this year? Um, yes and no. <laughs> um, I haven't seen or picked up a bat in probably like five years now. Wow. But um, when, when we pitch and then we'll do like our pregame throwing programs, some of our pitchers will throw flat grounds and I'll, I'll step in there and try and track them and, I think I got a, I think I got a chance, but you know, try to tell when people are slinging them in there at 95. I don't know if I'm able to see that thing. <laughs> we'll see what happens when I get that. I will, I will be excited though if I get to pick up a bat. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, some of the guys that probably the same as you, they they weren't expecting to hit at all this year, and you know, needs must right. There's right. been you know a few of the, the relievers have, have been and being in, in the bullpen. You like usually if, if we do get an AB, it's usually in like a pretty crucial spot to where it's like, you don't want to go up there and just be an easy out. So yeah. we've got a couple guys um, work on their bunting, which usually you wouldn't work on your bunting, you know, in the bullpen, it's kind of just like, you don't really do that. I feel like but we've been working on bunting and then other people are, you know, like catching little, little edges wherever they can for, for learning how to hit again. Cause like, you know, it could be a big spot. You don't want to go out there and just be an easy out. You want to go out there and produce, you know, win the game. 
100%. Listen, let's go back a couple of months. Um, mm -hmm. Talk me through the emotion of, you know, getting that that first call up. I know you didn't, I don't think you pitched on that day specifically. So I think mm -hmm. you had to wait a day, but just the emotion of getting the call to the, to the big leagues. Yeah, no, I mean, you worked your whole career for that that moment, you know, right there. Um, I remember Don Mattingly came, I was playing catch and I was walking into the bullpen and that's when he told me, he's like, hey, we're, we're going to activate you today. Um, mm -hmm. So get ready. So like once I heard that when I was, I played catch before that, which was nice because I don't know, I've been a little dude like, holy smokes, I just got told this. Before playing catch, I would have been all over the place probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so, um, you know, soaked it in that day in the bullpen. I actually, I came back in and the first person I called was my father. And then um, he was, you know, going nuts on the phone that's when it kind of like you know actually hit me a little bit that mm. I just told him that I'm gonna be in the big leagues and then um that whole time in the bullpen I remember just like sitting there and just being like you know trying to soak in every little thing you know you see your name on on the scorecard and stuff like that and you're just mm. like taking every little thing in and it was actually kind of nice not throwing that first day um just kind of take in as much as possible and then the second day is when I was like trying to lock it in and the nerves were hitting a little bit on the second day for sure yeah well I was gonna say you know let's let's kind of talk through that emotion of you know making your debut I, I remember because it was a it was a scheduled bullpen day specifically so the likelihood was that you were gonna you know you know pitch an inning at least let's say so you know just the emotions and, and the nerves of of going up onto a big league mound for the first ever time yeah, um, I remember hearing the phone ring, and every time the phone would ring, I would, you know, everyone kind of perks up. And then I remember, like, usually the phone calls down to the bullpen, they take, like, 20 seconds max, and then they just tell you who, what the plan is, and then you're done. Well, they get a phone call, and they're on the phone for, a, no joke, like two minutes. And during that two minutes, I was – I was losing my mind because I didn't know what they were saying or like what's going on. And like the time was running out where I wasn't going to have that much time to like warm up and be ready. So like my, my, I was, I was going nuts. I was started pacing back and forth and stuff like that. And then um, didn't end up being me, which I was completely relieved because I was going crazy. And then the, the next call I got was mine. So I, I had my little freak out moment before I got to go in the game, which I think worked out pretty good. <laughs> love it. Love it. Maybe they, maybe they were just toying with you. I don't know. Um, probably. Not. <laughs> no, I hope not. That was messed up. They're doing that on purpose. <laughs> well, listen, you, you go out and first, your first inning, I think two Ks. So you get your first strikeout yep. as well. Did you get the ball? Where is the ball? Yes. Yeah. So it was really cool. Um, I got my, the first, strike I threw was the first pitch I threw was a strike so they threw that one aside and then I ended up striking out my first hitter it was cool so I got that ball and then I struck out the last hitter as well so I got um, all three balls actually I, I came into the dugout gave everyone high fives and then um, Sandy Alcantara was waiting at the end of the dugout with um, two of the baseballs I had and I remember just grabbing them and looking at them and I was just like you know, what just happened. Wild. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like, that was probably the most exciting thing I remember is coming back into the dugout and like having those, those two baseballs, you know, that I just pitched and got my first strikeout with was, yeah, a lot of, a lot of uh, excitement there. No, no doubt about it. And listen, what about, you know, like Sandy and, and Pablo, the guys that have, you know, they're, they're still young guys, right? Um, but, you know, they're the vets of this team and, you know, 
have you been kind of leaning on those for help and guidance so far? Yeah, so um, I remember talking to Sandy because when he came up, he was in the bullpen as well with the Cardinals, I believe. Um, and then I was just talking to him kind of like what he would do in the bullpen, even though it's his first time he was a starter. And then when he got called up, he was in the bullpen, you were saying, to where he goes back to starting. And then um, just seeing what his – he seems like he's got a really good routine that he does, you know, along with everybody else, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, just learning all their routines and, like, what their, their days in and days out. And then, like, the more I get to know them, I'll start asking about um, their off-season plans and stuff like that and just kind of um, – seeing what everybody does to get ready for the, the long season. This is my first year, you know, this is going to be the longest season I've had. And yeah. just kind of picking their brain on, on what it takes to get prepared for the season and then staying prepared throughout the season is what I talk to most about those guys. Yeah, makes sense. Listen, I've, I've got to hold my hands up. I've never played the game before. So this question is, it, it's an honest one. What's the toughest part of being a reliever? Because to me, it looks very difficult. Being ready every day. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes some days you just wake up, even when you're not playing baseball, you wake up and you just don't feel good. You know, you just have weird days and then you got to go out there and, you know, compete. So being being ready every day. And I think that's where, you know, your routine is so crucial for being ready. You know exactly what you need to do and you just switch stuff up through the seasons, you know, figure out what what's working, what you can, you know, kind of leave behind. Um, but yeah, just days you don't feel good and being able to go out there and compete and, you know, not not lose it is that's like the biggest thing for me is always always being ready to go because here it's like we go back to back have a day off like take a breather and then you're thrown right back out there so recovery all that stuff like that that's the hardest thing that that was interesting i thought after your you know your, your debut the, mm -hmm. the next game straight back out there um yeah, which was, was interesting <laughs> i was not expecting that i heard my name it was good i didn't have time to think at all i just heard my name and i got up there and started throwing and um you know even now i still get so much of an adrenaline rush like you, you don't the little sores you feel like the day-to-day -day, like once you get your name called those you know pretty much go away for the most part which is another thing that helps yeah well listen i you know watching from the uk and you know all the you know, seeing you perform this year so far for me the the combination you have of the velocity with the movement you have the stuff is just it's just incredible um you know i guess has that always been there for you or is like more recently just something kind of you know you've changed it up yeah so when i first got into to pro ball with the royals i i wasn't allowed to throw a two seam with them so i was just straight four seam wasn't kind of my lower three-quarter arm slot. I was more over the top, and I don't think there was a straighter pitch in the history of the game that I was throwing with them. And um, I think that turned around when I got released by him. It helped me because I, I knew what wasn't working, and that was my straight fastball. You know, it's like these guys hitting can turn around a 100-mile-an-hour fastball like it's nothing. It's, it's insane how they can catch up to that. But um, that's when I started really working on my movement. Um, I'm kind of a little funky, like the way I coil up, I wanted to be a little bit different and um, it helps me get more into my hips. So um, yeah, I, I completely changed the way I pitched in the last two years. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been working out. Have any of the other guys, you know, like a Sandy Pablo or anyone come to you and say, hey, listen, how are you doing this? How are you doing it? And can you help me do some of this too? No, they don't need to. They're nasty <laughs> as a kid. Well, it's straight out nine guys in six innings yesterday. They're staying right where they need to be. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. But all, sure. Every pitcher's got their own little thing that works for them, you know, and that's what's so unique about every every other guy. It's like, because, you know, your hand size is different, and the ball is going to come out of everybody's hand a little different. So it's like you figure out what works for you as best as it can. Like those two guys have nasty change-ups, and like, like they, they like their change-ups, and then they also, you know, Pablo's been throwing a little harder, and then Sandy obviously throws flames to where everyone's got their own little things that they go off of. So, no, I haven't got any questions about that yet. And uh looks kind of funky, so maybe people try them a little better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must say, you know, when when Donnie's been asked, you know, the last couple of weeks, you know, about about how you're getting on and, you know, the, how you're going to be used, I think, going forward, you know, he's, he's saying that, you know, getting you into more and more kind of leverage type situations. Mm. So... You know, let's look ahead a little bit for this, the rest of the season and beyond. Would you like the opportunity maybe to even get some save opportunities this year and try and close some games out? Yeah, I mean, if the opportunity arises, but um, we got Yimmy. Yimmy's nasty too. He's been around for a while. Um, right now, I, I'm just, whenever they see me, wherever they see me and they want to put me, I'm, I'm, you know, all hands on deck. I just want to go out there and, you know, be able to pitch, you know, and keep helping our team win games, so. I haven't really put too much thought into it. You know, I'm just happy to be here and, you know, keep getting my name called when, when we're at close games, you know, when you're in close games, you get that extra little, you know, adrenaline rush and, it, you know, you makes you not really want it more, but it's just like, you know, bigger moment, you know, it's, 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 it's more exciting. It's, it's more fun to pitch in those moments for sure. Well, speaking of exciting, um, I guess, moments or, or games, pitching last week in Wrigley, was that maybe the biggest crowd you've pitched in front of there perhaps without a doubt yeah know, by far <laughs> by far how was the atmosphere insane so crazy um it was just you, you know you see it on tv they have those beer snakes in the crowds and i couldn't believe it we go we go there for batting practice usually for batting practice it's like you know there's some people trickled in the stands and stuff like that it's two hours before the game we go out there, there's probably more than 5,000 people out there. They're already selling hot dogs going up and down, and people are already, you know, they're already serving beer. I couldn't believe it. People were just going partying and pregame BP. It was it was nuts. And that, that place is really exciting to play at, for sure. No doubt That's about like, it. I've never experienced. <laughs> It looked, I mean, and listen, it was, it was a good series too for the Marlins as well with two, two yeah, huge Yeah, wins. and that's what made it even better, you know. Um, there was a little bit of, of maybe rivalry, I guess you'd say. I know last year took them in the playoffs, you know, so there was a little bit more extra than just the games going on there. And to go there in the first two games, throw up, you know, double-digit runs, it's, it's, you know, a good feeling for sure. No doubt about it. Listen, one of the other, well, there's two other funny bits, I think, that came out yeah. of that series. The first one, there was videos appearing of all the rookies sent over to Dunkin' Donuts to go on, you know, they're in, you're in full gear, spikes yeah. and everything, um, mm -hmm. which looked a lot of fun. It seems to be a tradition. Um, but the question I've got for you is, who picked up the tab? Because what I did see was Trevor Rogers came out not holding anything, which says to me that I think maybe Trevor... Oh, yeah, I don't know how he got away with that one. Um, <laughs> he was he was given, I, I think it was... Um, Miggy Rowe gave us the card because it was a lot of coffee we had to get and so many donuts. But, um, yeah, walking out there, and you know, it, it was pretty funny, you know, getting the full uniform like that. And then it's like once they said, yo, you got to wear your cleats, that's when it's like, <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard metal cleats on the concrete. It is like, it's loud. It's really loud. So we got, I think there were seven of us walking out there, and we have, people could hear us from all over the place. And then um, 
I just remember being in Dunkin' Donuts and um, people were just walking by, like double taking, like hitting their friends. Like, is this real? Or are these some like, you know, copycats in there, just like big super fans or something like that. And then, yeah. you know, you have Trevor Rogers, who's an absolute monster. He sticks out. Then you have Jazz with his, his hair that sticks out, you know, and then there's, you know, seven other of us, which are all like pretty big size dudes, you know, and like, I remember going in there and the, the line was just huge. We just had to wait in line. It's <laughs> like, oh God, what is going on? So it's going, people in there and the Dunkin' Donuts was taking pictures and stuff like that. It ended up being a, like a really fun little thing to go do. Yeah, it was It was great to see those, those videos popping up. The other stuff I saw, this is mainly, I think, Instagram, but um, there was, it looks like the bullpen effectively just had a day out just, playing and buying guitars there was you know everyone was buying a, a guitar or something um, yeah. do we have the makings of a marlins band going on with this bullpen because well, you know, yeah um john curtis is our music dude he's he's recording an album right now i think his album's coming out in a couple months or something like that so uh he went i guess that guitar store is one of the best in in the u.s i heard um the place is unbelievable and um there's just i don't really i don't play the guitar at all but just looking at all these guitars that they make was really, really cool. And then actually going out there and it's like, we got some pretty good guitar players on our team, which I had no idea about. They're all in there just picking on it. It was really cool. So um, yeah, John Curtis, he took us there because he was buying some of his stuff. So, you know, we go out and support each other, makes you guys a little bit closer and, you know, little team bonding things. Like yeah, that for, sure. for sure. I, I saw definitely Adam Simba was looking pretty good on the guitar from what I see. Yeah. Like you said, Curtis was good. So. That's uh, it's cool. Um, yeah. So it looked like a fun trip. I mean, it was good results too. So that's, that always helps. Um, mm -hmm. A couple of final ones before we kind of round things off with a, a fun segment. Um, you, you've got, well, you've had effectively like a front row seat this year to, you know, watching the big three go in, you know, every five days, Sandy, Pablo, Trevor, those guys have just been so impressive, but from your perspective, you know, just how good has it been to watch them guys? Amazing. Yeah. Just seeing how they go out there and they compete every single time they take the, the, the bump, you know, they're, you know, you're going to get some out of them. Um, super competitive dudes, you know, that nasty stuff. And, you know, right now I'd say, I think it's, I say they're all feeling really comfortable with where they're at and they're, they're really confident in their pitches. And then, um, you know, it's nice going in there and going out there behind them coming from the bullpen, you know, after they throw in a good game, you just want to, you know, piggyback off of that and keep keep all the good stuff coming. So it helps a lot. Yeah, for sure. Horses, for sure. So one final one uh, before we segue in. Uh, yesterday, it was the first time you you pitched since what I'll describe as maybe extra scrutiny around this sticky stuff um, and what, what's going on. How weird was it, though, to have, like, umpires kind of check in you and your your equipment and whatever, you know, how just weird is that situation? It's, it's very weird. Um, yeah, yesterday... I got my third out. I did a, a ground ball to coop at first and then double play. So I had to cover first and catch the ball. And I knew that, I know they check everybody, you know, I've seen the, the games and I watch like, you know, games on TV and stuff like that too. So I go to the home plate umpire and I take my hat off and I give him my glove and I was, he like, wasn't taking it. I'm like, what the heck is going on now? <laughs> I like go to a certain spot on the field and it was just so weird. You know, it's going to have to take some getting used to for sure. But I mean, you know, it's what the game is right now. Just everybody's got to do it. So, you know, yeah. I'm just got to do it, I guess. 
You didn't go kind of full, I think, Sergio Romo or Max Scherzer style, kind of just throwing the belt down and, you know, just... No, I didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Good, man. Well, listen, final segment. Um, I did this with with Miggy Rowe in spring last year, um, and it's it's inspired by a a famous UK um, TV show, uh, which is called Soccer AM, and the segment is called Teammates, and it's, it's quick fire questions. Um, so I'll, I'll rattle through these pretty quick and just give me a name, a couple of names that come to mind first. So it should be a lot of fun um, just to finish off. So, all right. So the first one I've got for you is uh, who is the biggest joker? Biggest joker, um, Aguilar. It's just Aguilar. It's just like in the locker room, but more so <laughs> the guy's an absolute clown on the field. Like, it's I don't know how he does it every day. I think the, the funniest thing I saw from him was when he was playing first base and everyone's got their little card things, you know, their game plan things on the rest. It was against the D-backs. And he opens in, is looking, and the guy freaked out. And then his facial expression after that was <laughs> just the funniest thing I've ever seen. So, yeah, Aguilar for sure on that one. I think that was an easy choice, right, for, yeah, for, for sure. the biggest joker. This may be trickier, though. So who's the hardest trainer? Who goes at it the hardest in the gym? Who goes at it? Um, I'm going to say Sandy Alcantara. He crushes. He's always in there. He gets his, his little, you know, workout. He's got his cutoff on, and I see him just crushing arms in there. I'm just like, this guy. <laughs> he goes after it for sure. Love it. Right. Okay. Who? This is one of the most important ones, no doubt about it. Who can drink the most beers? Drink the most beers. Ooh, that's a tough one. I know the, the back of the bus gets wild and the back of the plank gets wild. I'm going to say maybe Aguilar again. And then I know I know Ross Detweiler sneaks a lot in there too, under <laughs> undercover. Not a lot of people see it, but I, I keep peeking over there and he's always hammering down too. <laughs> that, that'd be a close one there. All right. This, this is a tricky one too. Who's the fastest runner? Fastest runner? Hmm. I'm gonna say Magsy, yeah, Magnarius. He's that guy can fly on the base pass, no doubt about it. Who takes the most selfies? Most selfies. Ooh, I might have to go with Jazz on that one, just because he was on Instagram Live the whole time when we were doing our Duncan thing. <laughs> just on the phone the whole time talking to all his, his followers on there. He was all about it. So I'm gonna yeah. go with yeah, Jazzy on that one. Modern day player, right? <laughs> exactly, right there. <laughs> All right, I don't know if you've been able to get a read on this one yet, but who's the best dancer? Best dancer? Ooh, that's a tough one. I haven't really seen anyone bust it down yet on the team. Say, maybe Jose Devers. Oh, nice. So just, you know, creeping around dancing. <laughs> all right okay a couple more to go just to finish up who is the most stylish player stylish um sandy leon by far that guy's suits are different every time and they're always like damn <laughs> sandy leon you know, definitely the best stylist on the team all right who is the worst dresser then um zach pop <laughs> <laughs> love it i hope he listens to this after as well um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. who uh who who's the biggest moaner or complainer biggest complainer 
Stuff went off. I'm gonna say Richard Blyer. He's he's not really a complainer. He just tells you up front what he what he's thinking. And sometimes it can come off as complaining, but you know, some people back him up on what he's gotta say. Yeah. All right. This is this may be a tricky one considering the musical talents, but who's the best singer? Best singer. Well, I think the only person that's going for the singing is is Curtis. So I'm going to go with Curtis on that one. He's making an album, so it's hard to compete with that, making your own album. You had to say that one. You, you had yeah. to. <laughs> no doubt. All right, finally, who's the longest in the shower? In the shower? Depends who's drinking a, a beer in the shower that day. That <laughs> one varies a little bit. <laughs> wow. They see the gray answer on that one. <laughs> I guess, yeah, depends who's celebrating the hardest, right? Exactly. Or commiserating, I don't know. But. <laughs> All right, good man. That that rounds it up on the teammates section. Anthony, I must say, absolute pleasure to, to talk with you and appreciate you taking the time to be part of episode 100 of Fish Across the Ponds. Um, listen, from across the UK, we wish you all the best for the year. Um, it's Thank been you. stunning so far and, um, you know, keep it rolling. So appreciate the time and, um, yeah, go well the rest of the way. Awesome, great. Thanks for having me. All right, joining me now. Oh boy, I'm excited for this one. There's going to be some juicy content coming out of this. And uh, welcoming an on old friend, current friend, main man from the miners, Alex Carver, back onto the show for episode 100. Alex, how are we doing, buddy? Doing awesome, Pete. Thanks for uh, asking me to be a part of this. Congrats on 100 episodes. I, I hope that someday uh, my project is around long enough to make it to where you're at. That would be really awesome. But great milestone for you. You definitely deserve it. And I'm happy to be here with you, man. Top man. Yeah, uh, that's that's going to be one of the key questions that that I'm going to pose to the guys when we when we kick this off properly next week is what odds did they give us that we would make it to 100? Because I'm telling you that first episode there were some hairy moments. There were some technical problems. There was you know, no microphones, no Wi-Fi, no nothing, um, no editing, no tunes, no music. Oh, it was, it was chaos. So anyway, uh, we've come a long way since then, no doubt. <laughs> right, buddy, listen, um, it wouldn't be a Marlins podcast without having some miners sprinkled into their mates. So delighted to, to lean on you for that. And really the key question I've got for you is, you know, who's hot? Who, who, are you, who are you thinking about? Who's exciting you? Who should we be keeping our eyes out? Listen, I, I know some of the big names, right? I know names knocking around, but there's other names out there that, that many of us won't know that are hot right now. You know, how are you seeing it? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to be excited about, man, up and down this, this system with, with names that have turned it on this year, especially after the lost season. And now they're coming out and playing their best baseball, a lot of which at the highest level they're playing at. You got guys right out of a draft that are doing amazing. Meyer, Eater, you know, Meisner, everybody else, you know, all these other guys that, that are doing pretty well and just starting their careers at whatever level they're at. Um, but yeah, if you want to go to a couple names that that are off the, um, the main ones that you hear about on TV or main ones that you may hear about, you know, uh, if you go around the internet at covering the bigger guys, I, I guess the main one that would jump out to me um, is a guy that I mentioned to you um, <clears throat> earlier this season when we did our, our podcast, our full podcast, 
with, with Troy Johnston as a guy that I really liked what I saw from him in Batavia. He was a little old for, for Jupiter, but he did start out really well in Jupiter. And now he's up in, um, in Beloit, got the call up and didn't miss a beat. I mean, and the m- most exciting thing for me about him is that he's adding in power, which I think I mentioned it to you on your show that I likened him to like a Nick Marcakis light being that guy that's going to really be patient at the plate and hit for some gap power, but mostly for average and, and take his walks. He's hitting for power, man. Like he's got like six homers in Beloit, seven on the year. So he's tapping into s- to some power. And that was really the only thing missing from his game. So love Troy, man. I know I talk about him a lot, but he's, he's spectacular. Just a unheralded guy to keep on. And I think he could get, could get pushed pretty quickly because he's what, like 20, 24, 25 years old. So maybe a call up to double A in the cards pretty soon, man. I, I'd be excited to see that. Um, geez, uh, I'll give you one more, I guess. Um, guy that's kind of been talked about a little bit lately with Nick Fortes. Um, always been the, a great receiver. Guys love throwing to him. I mean, he's always been a, had a great arm behind the plate. See that this year, he's got a good cost stealing rate. But yeah, man, um, the bats really, really coming around for him. Really come around. And he's getting consistent contact at the plate, good contact, hitting to this opposite field for doubles. And it's all happening, man, at the double-A level. So love to see that out of Nick Fortes. And he's a catcher, Pete. That's, that's huge. We don't have that a lot is. of catchers. In the Woo! Oh. <laughs> Sound the klaxons. There's a catcher in the system that's developing and is hitting. Yeah. This is sensational. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Listen, which, um, you know, I, the, the funny thing was before things got started, um, everyone was kind of zeroing in on this uh, uh, Pensacola team. And I think they kind of called it out saying this team's loaded. But, you know, now we're a couple of months in. How's it played out? Is actually Pensacola the main dogs or, you know, how are the other uh, affiliates kind of shaping up against them? Yeah, honestly, I'd probably say there's the most big names to, to watch in, in Pensacola. And then, like I mentioned, um, you know, with with um, with Fortes coming around, you got Gerard starting to go opposite field a ton. I actually, Chris Garagiola mentioned this to us on on our podcast. That's like all he's doing now is going oppo. Like, yeah, I love it. That's awesome. But you know, you know, he can now cover the whole plate, which is great. But maybe you want to see a little bit more of that pull side because we know what he can do when he goes there. But anyway, the opposite field power is great. That was really all that was missing from his game. Covers the plate better. Posture looks better. Love what we're seeing from from Gerard. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I would say that's, that's your big dog. And then, like I said, if Troy goes up there even more so with a guy that's just started off so hot, um, you know, the Bladez and, and Burdick's and, and Victor, Victor Mesa, um, Bladez doing well now Burdick is he's, he's going to be this kind of hitter, I believe in his major league career. Um, probably he's going to be that streakier type of hitter just because of how much violence and, and physicality that he puts into his swing. I think we're seeing that come out now. He did get the push from single a ball all the way up to double a ball. So you have to take that into account as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think this is probably more along the lines of the kind of major league hitter that he's going to be. Um, I don't think he's going to be a 300 career major league hitter or anything, but man, he can hit for power and he h- hits in the clutch and I love his swing. So, yeah, I think that's what you see in Burdick. And then with, with Mesa, um, he was hurt a lot and now he's back, uh, just got back recently. So I'm going to withhold judgment on that one, but it's, it's a big year for him. Um, he had a nasty ankle injury to start the year. So he's back now, though. Um, hope to see some some good stuff from him. But yeah, I mean, uh, that's probably if you're going to watch one team, you'd be mistaken to only watch one of these teams. Watch <laughs> all of them, please, because there's talent everywhere. But if you're only going to pick out one and say, uh, you know, I'm going to focus my attention there. It's probably on that one just because of all that they have and all that they have coming. You know, you got Conine coming up. You got you got uh, Meisner potentially coming up, Connor Scott coming up. And that's the, that's what they have uh, in the single A advanced level in Beloit. So yeah, um, if you're going to follow one, them, but um, tons of stuff all throughout this org- organization, man, it's, it's great. 
100%. Listen, you, you touched on one name, and that was the name that I wanted to ask you about next, and we'll, we'll kind of segue away from it. But Griffin Conine, boy, oh boy, all I see is daily bombs going off from Conine. What's going on? What's the lowdown on him? Yeah, uh, really good, man. To see to see the the home runs, um, awesome. And we all we all know that he, he has always been that kind of hitter that can go over the fence at at any point, at any time. Um, what you don't like to see is that he's still striking out at the rate that he's striking out at. He will definitely need to bring that down to succeed as a major league baseball player. Um, in single A advance, you know, gonna get you know pitchers that that you know make more mistakes against major league hitters. They're gonna hit that same spot that you can't hit over and over again. They see you fishing for a slider or a curveball. They're gonna keep throwing it, man. So, yeah, I, I think his recognition of breaking pitches is what really needs to improve. Um, sees fastballs pretty well, but when, when stuff is moving, when stuff's diving out of the zone, he, he commits way too early to his swings. So that's what you don't like to see from Griffin. The power is great, but, man, that, that's 72 to 29, I believe it is right now, uh, strikeouts to walks ratio already this early in the season. Not sustainable, man. So, yeah, excited about the power. Got to fix the case. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so some names – that are popping, which we love to hear. Double A still sounds stacked, no doubt. Even more stacked. They keep sending more guys in there. Bloody hell. Um, it's, it's getting wild in, in Pensacola. Um, is there any, on the flip side, is there anyone that's, or any guys that are kind of started a bit slower than maybe we, we would have liked? You know, clearly a lost season last year, so that doesn't help. So there may be a couple of guys that had a slower start than we'd have ideally wanted, but Anyone there you can think of? Yeah, I think the one that would probably come to mind the, the most for me would be um, a guy that was highly heralded coming out of the draft. I mean, he's, he's kind of picked it up a little bit here lately, but it was a really slow start for him. Um, he's kind of turned it on slightly here lately with, with Beloit and Cam Meisner. Um, again, he's kind of that, that, same, that same case as, you know, the guys that we saw, you know, that we talked about with, with Bidet and Burdick and, and younger guys, especially guys coming out of the draft that, you know, with the missed year, you, you really kind of expected that. So um, it's been better lately though, man. I mean, he had a really, really slow start to the year. He hit an even 200, I believe in the month of May, but um, really turned it on here late in June. He had a, a, a bunch, actually three straight multi-hit games. He has a three game hit streak right now. So it looks like he's finding it, but that, that slow start, I think was probably kind of expected um, from a prospect like that. So that's one um victor mesa jr he was also hurt a little bit um you know he's hitting in jupiter as well this is a younger kid this is his first taste of affiliated baseball kind of expected it from him as well but his his batting average is down uh, you know in like hundreds so you, yeah i mean tons of time he's probably going to spend all year in jupiter so nothing to worry about and i like what i've seen from meisner lately but that slow start was kind of not worrisome just kind of kind of sucked because you wanted to see him come in and do well but um you know it is what it is and and hopefully he can keep up the production that he's done lately so i guess those two would, would stick out uh, as guys i guess you could throw in one more if you want to with nick reddy um this is another guy that is a corner infielder who has gotten off to a really slow start striking out a ton um and his batting average as well is down to like the 150 so i i guess those but it's still early man Meisner's turned it on after a slow start. You see Bladet and Burdick turning it on. So yeah, the talent's going to show, man. It's there. It's going to come out. It's just going to take guys maybe a little bit longer than others. So yeah. Good, man. Well, listen, let's round things off with your view of what you've seen from the guys that the prospects that are up with a big club right now. Clearly we've, we were calling for it for months. Jesus Sanchez up there. Lewin Diaz is up. Got the call because Coop went down. Don't think that was an optimal situation. And obviously we've had a bit of Jose Devers too. So, you know, those three of, 
you know, they've had a decent run at Devers isn't with, with the big club right now, but you know, Jesus and, and Lewin, what have you seen from those guys? Yeah. Uh, Jesus, I uh, just more the same, man. You see it translate pretty much immediately. I mean, the power is just so beautiful that home run he hit the dead center field. Like mm. that's not something you see out of a lot of major league baseball players is the ability to hit a ball that far, especially at Lone Depot park. So man, um, that's great to see. It was a long time coming for his call up. I'm glad he finally got it. He deserves to be where he is. Um, speaking selfishly, I'm going up to Jacksonville tomorrow for the last three games of their series against Durham. And I'm not going to see Wander Franco and I'm not going to see Jesus Sanchez. So mm. speaking selfishly, I, I guess I wish they would have, I guess, left him down for till I got back. But I mean, I'm glad he's up for sure. He, de- he definitely deserves it. Um, but yeah, um, great to see that. Lewin, uh, tough subject for me. I, I've been vocal on this. I, I really, really want, want to see him play regular games. Like, gain that, that finish to your development, gain that polish. And the only way you get that is from playing games. If it's at the major league level, fine, but Aguilar's blocking him. So, you know, I, I, Kim Ang said he pretty much, he had to be up here. I disagree. I think they could have dealt with that in, in another way in using an emergency guy when Aguilar was off, but it is what it is. You do like mm-hmm. to see him showing flashes. He hit his home run, which was great. Almost hit a second one. It was also good. So yeah, I really want to see him playing regularly. Um, so that's it on Lewin and then Devers. Yeah, same same subject for me, man. I want to see him playing, and then he gets off his regular routine of playing every day, and he goes down with an injury. So, um, yeah, that those 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 topics are are tough for me, but I, I want those kids playing regular games. Um, but yeah, Jesus is awesome. Hopefully, Devers gets back soon, and um, we'll see what happens with Lewin. Maybe when Coop gets back, they send him back. Hopefully, that happens. Yeah, I think that's not a million miles away. You actually you may get a bit of Coop action if you're uh, if you're there. For, I think he's down rehabbing now, is he? I think he is. Yeah, uh, it was. I think yesterday he started out, and then uh, he'll play tonight if they play. If they play tonight, weather looks bad up there. But yeah, I should get at least one game of him. Uh, you know, even if it's just a three-game rehab, I'll get to see one game. I'll, I'll let you guys know how he's doing. Uh, looked okay last night. Everything looked looked up to speed. So um, yeah, uh, that'll be pretty cool. I'll see our old friends. I'll, I'll get to see uh, our buddy Lewis Brinson, Pete. You know, we love him. Uh, you know, it'll be cool to catch up with some of those guys too. Brian Miller, I know well. You know. Uh, other guys, Corey Bird, really cool guys. So it'll be nice to go. And uh, yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be putting that out on our channels and, and letting you guys know how it goes. Yeah. Looking forward to that. I'll be tracking that. No doubt. And I uh, saw Isan hit a bomb last night as well, I believe. So, uh, you know, Isan's heating up. <laughs> yeah. Here he comes again. Right. I mean, he shows these flashes, but uh, you know, it just needs that consistency. So um, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see how he does. Maybe he can go down and, and find it all the way. That would be great. It would. Listen, one final one on Jesus Sanchez. Do you expect him to be, you know, effectively playing every day now right right until the rest of this season i know Corey dickerson's you know still wearing a boot so jesus season yeah i I think the answer is here that that he should um will he uh that's that's up to um the organization and don mattingly but you don't call a kid like this up especially please not another one (laughs) to sit on the bench especially with what he was doing in in minor league baseball so I, I will say that he looks like he will be out there every day. Um, I hope I hope that comes to fruition because I don't want another one of these kids sitting on the bench. Uh, it was already long overdue for his call up. So, yeah, um, I, that's what I want to see, man. I, I want to see him playing every day and and using that swing, those hands, and that that awesome, awesome power. So, love Jesus. I love what he did after that. He kind of turned it way around from that 2020 season. Came up, wasn't confident in himself. Looks supremely confident in himself now. Having fun, hitting bombs. Let's go. Love him. Love it. Perfect way to finish it. Alex Carver of always, always, always delivering the fire, always delivering the content. No doubt about it. Appreciate you hopping on, buddy. It was a lot of fun. And, and I, I'm glad you brought up Troy. 
it, when I asked that question, that was the dude I, I wanted to hear from you. Um, that was the name I, I've had it in my head ever since we spoke earlier in the year about, you know, Troy. Um, so great to see him absolutely delivering, mate. It was, uh, I'll, uh, I'll never, I'll never have enough to say about Troy Johnston. So anytime you, you want to talk about him, <laughs> I got you. Love it. Alex, appreciate you, buddy. And, um, we'll hopefully get you on the podcast later in the year, just to recap on, on how these minor uh, seasons finish up. Yeah, man, Pete, anytime you need me, um, you know where I am, you know how to find me. Uh, I, I, I always say this when I come on, I love your audience. I love what you guys do over there. Your daily videos are like my favorite thing ever. Um, the one where on Duval, when he hit a second homer was like the funniest moment of the year for me so far. And just, just, you know, relief that we need when the major league team is struggling this much with everything that you guys do. You're always positive, always great, man. Congrats on hundred episodes. And yeah, whenever you need me, just let me know. Appreciate it, buddy. We'll speak soon. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. then guys that is almost it for episode 100 i would love to know the question count i think it's over 100 that has been so much fun hope everyone's enjoyed it from mish to minavini bender you name it everyone's in there stack full of names a lot of fun great to hear from all those guys so to the uk goats have to round it off with you guys. Listen, we need to reflect. I want to reflect. I want to look back on, on 100 episodes and, uh, you know, try and remember the good times. And I'll throw it out to you guys. You know, we've already talked about episode one right at the top of the show, which was hysterical for many, many reasons and stressful for some too. Um, but I, I'm going to throw it over to you guys, just whether there's any any specific nuggets, any episodes, any guests, anything that, you know, has really kind of stood out for you in the, in the hundred we've done thus far. And then maybe it'll spark people to go back and listen to an episode or two that that maybe have forgotten. So uh, I'll give it to Lee. Lee, have you got anything for us just uh, down memory lane? It's hard to to like, you know, pick out one, one from from, from like the hundred, but obviously the, the the ones with like the guests, guests have all been, been great. You know, like Miggy Rowe, that I mean, that one was was perfect. Yeah, like I said, there's just been so much. I mean, the one that we did, I I sort of remember it, but like, I can't I can't remember the exact reason. But Rob appeared from like a travel lodge or something <laughs> in Watford or something. That I remember he just he just yes. appeared midway through. Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean that you know that was was funny. You know, yeah, you know, we've had so many laughs laughs. You know, like on on here. Yeah, they've all been been great episodes. So yeah, yeah, you know, you know, it's hard to pick, hard to pick to pick out one, but yeah, you know, yeah, it's been there's been been that some some good memories. You're right. That's so funny. I remember that one where Rob just you know, I'm not going to make it, guys. I'm not going to make it. Okay, yeah. cool. Then then he just popped up and just appears out nowhere. Totally right. There's that was that's that the one was with cool. Tom Pringle. Tom was it? Tom Pringle was on that yeah, one. That one as well. Yeah. It was the Padres preview one, right? I, yeah, and then I, 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 yeah, just I don't know why I, I couldn't remember whether I said I was joining or not. Yeah, and just it's halfway like, through, just came up like. <laughs> I need to. I'll, I'll drop it in in the, you know, in, in the the tweet when we put it out and announced this. I'll I'll put in what exact episode this was because it was it was a yeah. Padres series preview. If we think back, this is 2019. 
when we were yeah. doing this. It was the summer of 2019. Uh, I, I remember it. And, you know, Tom was very bullish about this guy called Fernando Tatis Jr. Very bullish on the episode, if I recall. Mm. And um, it, the funny thing was that, that Tom was you know, on there saying, listen, you'll probably go, you know, game one, you'll go 0 for 4 you know, free strikeouts is exactly what happened. He said, I'm, you know, I'm talking him up. He's probably going to get, going to get struck out three times by, I don't even know who's pitching then. I mean, was Chen still there? He, probably Chen, been, yeah. Uh, Chen O'Connelly. <laughs> could have been, but yeah, you're right. That was a fun episode and um, yeah, for sure. I, I've got tons that uh, make me laugh and when I look back, but yeah. Sean, I mean, for, from your perspective, mate, you were obviously... Um, listen, more of a listener in the early in the early going. So, what was your kind of view as from from just the listening side? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm only a few podcasts in, getting my feet wet and everything. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think yeah. one of the things that um, sort of speaks most to sort of the success you've had is the guests you've had. You know, to have active players on the podcast, to have all the media guys, anyone involved in the media side. Um, with the team have been on the podcast and that, that speaks volumes to to the, the dedication that you three guys have put into the podcast over the years. Um, one thing I do want to speak about um, because I don't want to go too far into sort of the podcast numbers um, is talk about UK baseball as a whole. Now I've followed baseball for nigh on 20 years. This is pre-social media if you can imagine a thing. So being a UK baseball fan was very isolating. Mm. There wasn't much in the way of connection from people. And obviously you had the Channel 5 games and I recall um, Baseball Softball UK website having this sort of mock fantasy baseball league that they did, (laughs) which was a points league situation. Um, And that that kind of got a little bit of publicity by Johnny Gould, the presenter of Channel 5 Baseball. But other than that, there really wasn't much. It was a case of, I'm a UK baseball fan, and I know no one else that does that. Uh, And funnily enough, today actually marks two years to the day when I first met you, Peter, Mm. at the London Games, when we were there for for the the batting practice the day before the Games on Saturday. Uh, So I just want to speak to how baseball in the UK has grown and how inclusive the community is. I've been lucky enough to go to pre-pandemic, go to some events set up by UK Baseball, and you you just walk in into a bar you've never been into, and there's 30 guys all wearing different jerseys you've never met. And they're all there and they're shaking hands, how you doing, how did you get into baseball? It's such a great community. Mm. And anybody in the UK that's listening to this podcast right now, if there's an event coming up post-pandemic, go to it. Don't don't wonder what it's going to be like. Is it going to be fun? It's it's fantastic. You're going to meet so many people that are like-minded and love baseball just as much as you do. And you will come away incredibly happy that you've you've met such a, gr- a great group of guys yeah and girls obviously that was yeah. that was probably one of the things that surprised me the most was that it was you know there was a fair and and they know their stuff too that's for sure no doubt no doubt and you're right uh i think those events are starting to kick back off actually i've seen that the uh 
the MLB meetups are trying to get something going in, in early July. But no, you're totally right that it's, you know, back in the day without social media, everyone was on an island, not Brinson Island, maybe but just, a, you know, a baseball island in the UK with no way of connecting. Yeah. Um, you know, I think back to how, you know, me and Lee met inadvertently but in a fantasy league where you know yeah. someone went oh we need a guy and i went yeah i'm available um and happened to be lee dobbs and i was like oh wow um he's a marlins fan too maybe he wants to be in a podcast so it's funny how how it goes uh for sure and yeah like you said hopefully you know post pandemic now you know we can just start getting back to these you know face-to-face gatherings that we yeah. had i mean i know ourselves guys we got together at the end of the 2019 season um, you know, finished off in that, you know, the, the Phillies game, Martin Prado's last game um, for the Marlins. Hit a home run, if I recall. We all got emotional. There was a few few tears shed. <laughs> you know, it was a fun game. You know, me and Sean were in the casino after shedding a few more tears, if I recall. But, you know, it was, it was, it was a fun, fun event for sure. Hey, you still got me, guys? Ah, just yeah, frozen okay. then. Ah, I thought I froze anyway. It's all right. I, I, back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was just like, it looks like I've frozen. Anyway. <laughs> um, cool. Well, uh, Rob, uh, hold on a minute. Go back to you, Sean. Sean, so come on then. Let's let's have an episode or two that, that pop out. I know you, you mentioned the guests and for sure, but you know, give me give me your all-time favorite fish across the pond episode. I think probably it has, and I think I said this before actually, and it still remains true. The the episodes with Glenn Geffner, mm. I think, when I first got into baseball, there was very limited um, opportunity to sort of take in games. And I remember the very early early days of MLB at bat in the UK were all audio based only. Um, so there were many many years where all I the only way I could consume a game was listening to to Glenn on the, on the uh, broadcast. And, and to be honest, I, I do miss that sometimes when I'm watching the game, I do think I should listen to more games. And when I do listen to the games on the audio, I'm always, you know, it's, it's so nice just to listen to a game, close your eyes and visualize the game. Um, so to have Glenn on the, on the podcast was, was such a get for you um and if i recall it was quite early on in the proceedings as well yep. so for him to acknowledge that, that, that this podcast was here was was a real uh coup for you guys agreed glenn glenn i think was probably our first ever guest um for sure it was it was at a time when on twitter he went on a big he wrote a big thread um, one of those you know legendary <laughs> threads and from that i reached out and went gaff listen you know love what you've just shared and would love for you to come on the pod and join me and you know talk me through it so and he did and he's always been a real big um fan of the pod and and a help and a a friend to me so you know uh yeah top guy and yeah i I love those episodes too with with gaff i mean he's just he's just a pure baseball guy right and been around for for years and and he's just he's immense at what he does too i must say you know i love i must say i love the the new marlins radio cam that sits behind yeah. them and um, you know, uh, when they're calling your know, home runs, it's pretty fun. So Rob Newell, what about you, buddy? I mean, there's, I, there's one in particular that, that really stands out. I'm not going to lead the witness, but in terms of like funny moments, segments, episodes, other than you t- 
turning up in a you know halfway through an episode in a travel lodge what what else sticks out for you well yeah the uh the the my favorite ones obviously you know lee's just said about about miggy and uh, we were talking about David Sampson episodes, uh, and the uh, the one we got, uh, one of the ones we got mentioned is is Paul Severino. That that epic two hour episode where you and Paul just riff for two hours. It was incredible, and uh, and um, yeah, uh, my favourite Brendan Tobin, Macho Marlins man. Uh, yeah, that that was a, a good episode too. Yeah, but it has to be the dogs doodars, doesn't it? <laughs> That is episode 32, I believe. And um, this was the time where um, we had a new AAA affiliate, the Wichita, uh, well, they were called the Wind Surge eventually, um, but they had a, a range of names that they had come up with and were asking for fans to, to vote on. And, um, well, not to vote on, I think they were just suggesting them and they were they were something like something like the B-52s or something because there was a they had the the, the airfield there and uh, and then one was called the Doodars. and uh, it was just like where did that come from and how can you call a ball club the Doodars, the dogs Doodars? Yeah. Um, because they are in the middle of nowhere and that was the reason for it but I don't think they'd thought that one through and then they became up the wind surge. And even bizarrely, then they ever never because of what happened last year, they never ever got a game as a Marlins affiliate. Yeah. Um, but that was a, it's a really really funny episode to to listen back to as we went through all the individual names of what they could be, and uh, it was uh, yeah that was that was excellent. And hopefully we're going to go through it again because Beloit Snappers are renaming. Um, so let's see what uh, what they come up with. Of course, um, man, that'll be one. I'll I'll let you host that one, mate, because you did it so so brilliantly last time on on that topic, no doubt. So yeah, uh, that, yeah. I I've listened to that episode probably three or four times before. Um, you know, it's been a go to one for sure. It's it's a very fun one, and just the names were so wild, and we were all giddy, and there was a lot of beers going down, probably. So yeah, good good fun. I mean, there's just so many. You when you just start scrolling through. There's just so many fun ones that spring up. I mean, when when I think the wildest one, the, the truly the wildest one I've ever been on was, and you, none of you guys were on it. I I, I was I, I did a, a preview series for the Nationals um, with uh, with Rob from Nats UK, who's been on the show a few times too. And I, I then, I also, Alan Witts joined that show. So it was me, Rob, and Alan Witts. And then we also got Alex Contreras in. Um, who from the, the Marlins um, barbecue podcast. And I must say it was just wild. I, I think Alex had been on the beers all day and he was just a loose cannon. Rob didn't know what was going on. Alan Witts, he was just sat there going, what has happened here? I have no clue what's happened. Um, it was just an hysterical pod. I came off just laughing at that one. But, you know, there's there's some real funny names. I mean, you've got in there, the, you know, an episode early doors from last season, the pelvic thrusts. Think about that that legendary video. There was the um, you know the salty Brewers after that legendary series in 2019 when we spanked the Brewers. Um, I think what was it like 18 something that game or whatever it was was a wild one. Um, I mean, there's just tons, so many funny ones. And I must say the the London series one I did too when we recorded live during 
the London series with different fans and everyone's slurring all over the show. Everyone's been on the beers all weekend, but you know, truly iconic weekend. And obviously Batflips and Nerds were reminding us all about their stuff this weekend too. And I must say those guys, they really put it in for that weekend. They were like, you know, King media from, uh, from UK baseball. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I just said just a couple of other things. There was, we, we've had a really good episode with Dave Shaw and Ryan Owen. Yeah. The UK Phillies. And they're, you know, really, really passionate fans. And, you know, you know what sort of, what Dave is like. And, uh, you know, he lives it, doesn't he? He lives every Scott Kingery strikeout and Hector Neris blown <laughs> son. It's, um, it's a lot it, of them. It, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, and there's so many characters, and, and my favourite to, to listen to, Bob Bamba, just because he's so opinionated, and it's just yeah. it's just funny to listen to all the things we we think about when we're watching the NL East. He says, and um, uh, especially with the the Braves at the moment struggling a little bit, his his Twitter account is quite amusing. But it's um, yeah, the, the, when I you know got together with with a lot of the guys at Passyum Avenue. It was it was fantastic. It was David Tate was there, Alan was there, you were there, Sean, um, you know, Lee, Dan, Pete, um, uh, uh, David Hendy as well. There's a few few others as well who I've forgotten. But um, it was uh, it, to suddenly realise that there is a community of fans out there, and they're all kind of experts in their own way. And it was quite yeah. funny. It's not like, you're, you know, you're, you're absolute bunce guys who are just doing it for a laugh and haven't got a clue. <laughs> it, it, was, it, it's, it was, they all knew their stuff. And it was really surprising. You could go into details about players and have a bit of a laugh and a few beers and how they got there. How did they become a baseball fan? And that was really, really interesting. There's a lot of us out there. And it obviously was proved at the London series. Um, yeah. And um, yeah. So long may it continue. Yeah, well, good segue. But, Fi- the final question but, for you guys. Yeah. Final one is yeah. we'll go we'll go around the we'll go around the horn on it. So let's look ahead to the next hundred episodes, right? That if we follow the timeline, that will probably take us to the end of the 2023 season. Somewhere in that range, let's just assume. Um so Lee, I'll start with you as always. What's what's the hope or what do we want to do if we could do one thing or have one guest or do, you know, one, have one topic, whatever it may be in the next hundred, what would that be for you, buddy? Mornings as well, as well as serious champs. <laughs> in 2023, I, you know, our 200th episode is going to be Marlins as well as serious champs. Wow. 2023. <laughs> oh, there you go. That is the hope. That would be wild, no doubt about it. I know. Yeah, you know, obviously, if we could all all get to a game, you know, in Miami, then that, yeah, 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 that would would be would be like, you know, yeah, the total cap, you know, cap to this to this pod. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. That would be immense to have effectively a, a stag do in Miami. Yeah. Um, I think we're all we're all married, so it means someone needs to get divorced first. Oh no, Sean, <laughs> Sean's shaking his head. No wonder he's drinking out of champagne flutes on a on a Monday night. <laughs> well, Sean, I'll, I mean, come to you next, then, buddy. I mean, you know, Lee's Lee's kind of called out some nice nice moments there for sure. Um, but looking ahead to the hundreds, the next hundreds, what could, what can we expect? What could we hope for? I mean, yeah. How do I how do I follow? 
Bordeaux World Series champions might be Marlins 2023. Um, I think I think the one word that comes to mind, um, and it's one that got drilled into us when the new ownership come in, was compete. And I think you know as we as we come into sort of the All Star break, kind of all expecting that maybe now the season's over. We've spoken before about how this we have this window between now and the end of 2024. So on the Marlins side, I think, yeah, between now and the next 100 podcasts, I think a playoff appearance is probably something that we all are definitely hoping for and, and would hopefully expect. I think we, we've got the pitching um, and we've got some, some high-end batters coming through. We've seen what Jazz can do. We've got Blade, Burdick. We've got, you know, extra arms coming in, arms for days, as we've been saying all year round. You know, we've got Mayer and, you know, Sixto, whether or not he ever turns it around again. So I think, yeah, in the next 100 podcasts, we've got to look at competing. On a personal level, it would be great if we could all catch up and do a live recording. I don't know how loose that might get. Um, <laughs> I might be the most guilty of all of us, absolutely. <laughs> but still, yeah, no, it'd be great to catch up again, do a live recording, and uh, be able to see each other face-to-face. That's, 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 that's where my head is anyway. Yeah, makes sense. Rob Newell, what, where's your head at? Uh, well, I, I also hope for a, a World Series victory in 2023 with Eveld getting the save in Game 7. Um, but oh, just, uh, just think how tense that would be. Just game seven. <laughs> <laughs> Here's touchdown, Tommy. Boy, oh boy, no doubt. But yeah, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. Get get touchdown, Tommy, on uh, in some time in the, the next uh, hundred episodes as well. I think I'll he's trying to make that happen, mate. I, I think I think he'd be up for it. He uh, he seems he seems to uh, respond well to our, our our Twitter activity whenever touchdowns mentioned. So. I'll try and make that happen for you, Rob, at some point. Yeah. No, thanks. Uh, I, the other thing is I, I, this competitiveness. And strangely enough, even though it doesn't seem it, I think we are quite competitive. We're just losing lots of very, very close games. And, it, and that won't last forever. So it is competitiveness. If we can keep being competitive and being on it, then I think, it's fine. I think we're a step ahead of your Detroits and Baltimores of this world. I don't think we're in that kind of, you know, la la land of just of just constant looking at a hundred losses every season type thing. It, uh, we are getting better and better, and so I, th- I think it's it's now seeing that progress being cemented in the fact that the prospects we've got actually get proper seasons in in AAA and Double A and become really really useful to us. And so that's what I'm looking really for in the, that next 100 episodes. I, I still think we're in a situation where actually watching the minor leagues at the moment is probably more important in some ways than watching mm-hmm. the major leagues. Yes, when Rogers is pitching, it's essential you watch. It's essential you watch Jazz at the bat, Jesus Sanchez finding his way, you know, those kind of things. Um, and the excitement of other players that we've got. But the real, real stuff, uh, it, whether we're going to hit it in 2023 or not is going to be, you know, whether Blade does come through, whether Sanchez does come through, whether Eddie Cabrera does come through. These are the players or what we could potentially trade for. But, um, you know, there's a lot of hope out there. And for the ones that laugh at us, just look at some teams like Tampa. You don't have to do this on big budgets. You can do it 
um, if you're just really, really smart, where on earth has Anthony Bender come from? Where on earth has Zach Thompson come from? You know, where do these players come from that they do find? And um, so, you know, you can do it the whole bullpen from last year. Um, so I think there's a lot of excitement. And I just think for the podcast, um, I, I just hope we get you can get more guests in. As, as, some of the, as I said before, some of the most interesting ones, you know, Boog Shambi was incredible to listen to. Mm. You know, there's uh, the Glenn Geffner ones. They're, they're all fascinating to hear someone's take and your way you present them is different to what someone would in the States because obviously our angle's completely different coming mm. from the UK where it's not one of our, our major sports. So, yeah. but it's a, it's a big thank to you, Pete, because this has been a huge, huge amount of work to get the profile lifted to the point that, you know, you can join press conferences and um, we can then sort of all, you know, benefit from your, your knowledge and, and, and we're still here um, enjoying these episodes. So thank you very much to you. Well, it, it truly has been my pleasure, truly has. And the dedication you guys put in week after week, you know, 100 episodes is, you know, I don't know the runtime, the total runtime, but it's a long time. I can tell you that, but you're right. It's been, it's been a fun, fun ride. And, you know, just, I'd say generally just proud of what we've achieved, you know, as a, as a UK Marlins fan base to do what we've done in the past two and a half years is uh, I think it's impressive. And people, you know, give us that feedback. They like the show, which is the main thing we do it for fun. We're still having fun. That's the main thing. When I look ahead to the next 100, what, what can you expect from Fish Across the Pond? Well, I think, I think in the next two and a half seasons, there will be an episode where there will be a live interview where Derek Jeter joins the show. So stay tuned for that one. I think that will happen. I think we'll make that happen where Derek Jeter joins this show and I'll be recording it face-to-face with Derek Jeter. There you go. That's what, that's what I'm shooting for. And I may even, may even pull in Kim Ang as well, just to, you know, just to kind of balance the argument, let's say, but I don't know. I think that could be fun. I'd love to, I'd love to have the main man on the show. I'd also love to have Lewis Brinson on the show too. I don't know how Lewis's career is going to play out in Miami, um, but I've always been a big fan of his. And I think it would be fitting for him to come and have a chat with us on, on the pod. So we'll wait and see on that one. Wait to see uh, for Brintz, but Guys, I think we are bang out of time. And when I say bang out of time, I mean the runtime has been extortionate. But I hope everyone has enjoyed the show. And we're going to take a week off next week. So there's no fish across the pond next week. We'll let you catch up on all of this content for the next two weeks and enjoy it. So until then, let's get stuck into these Phillies. Let's get stuck into these Braves. Let's go into this all-star break absolutely pumped. Failing that, let's make some great deals on some of these expiring contracts. <laughs> Until then, Lee Dobbs, lead off Lee, top man. Sean Barrett, absolute flutes going there from Sean Barrett. And Rob Newell sipping on the biggest mug of beer I've ever seen in my life. Guys, it's empty. It's exactly. That, that just sums up the length of this pod. <laughs> but guys, truly appreciate the time, the effort you guys put into this as well been a great ride and here's the next hundred for us 